Big Dog Ball Talk, season two and a half. Wow. NBA offseason, 2023 first podcast back. Wow, it's been a long time, George. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, uh, for listening and uh, making us a part of your summer. It is the summer of the dog days, the summer of the big dog days of summer. First day of summer, man. Today. Really? It, yeah. That, that's the summer solstice. Uh, this is the perfect time for us to, to you know, get back out there, get on the airways, and uh, into these people's ears. And, of course, preview the 2023 NBA draft. Uh, one of the more highly anticipated classes in uh, a, a long time coming. Uh-huh. Mostly becoming from one guy here. And we're going to jump right into it here, Jordan. Victor Wembenyama, obviously the French phenom. Uh, a no-brainer to go first overall. I don't think that, uh, you know, it's it's even in question. He's an undoubted first overall pick. And Jordan, yep. I mean, I think at this point it's just what kind of impact do you think that he's going to be able to bring right away in this freshman season in the NBA? Because, you know, the San Antonio Spurs are going to be able to put all their eggs in the uh, the French boys' basket here. Yep. And uh, the, the, there could be a, a lot to give here. A lot of hype to live up to, but uh, he looks like he's got at least the uh, the genetic gifts to live up to some of this hype. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there's so many different, like, you talk to different people. Some people, like, I've, I've never heard people talk like this about a, a, pro, a prospect, like Woj mm-hmm. saying, you know, best best prospect, prospect in, in team sports ever. Um, other people saying, you know, he's going to be, uh, all-star first year lead lead the Spurs to the playoffs all this stuff and so I don't know but then you got other people too saying you know pump the brakes like you know th- that we've never really had rookies come in and do that since yeah. you know way back to yeah uh, uh, Russell and Wilt and Kareem and, and guys like that so magic magic so you know I, I don't I don't I don't know where to, what to think like I'm gonna it, it's one of those yeah. situations where I'm gonna have to just like everybody else, just watch and 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 see what happens because I don't, I'm not ready. It's I, I I haven't seen, like obviously he's he's an alien, crazy prospect doing stuff we 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 really haven't seen someone from yeah. you know at his height doing. But he's still he's still got that skinny frame. He's still a big guy. Like I still haven't seen him against top tier NBA competition. So I'm not ready to make any sort of big statements. I'm not gonna say that I you know I think that you know he will be an all star or he, the Spurs will have a winning record because of him. But I do think, I, I, I do think, you know, it'll be somewhere in the middle. He'll, he'll have a big impact. Um, I think he'll, he'll contribute right away. Uh, and, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested, you know, I, I think, or maybe not more interested. I'm just as interested to see how he is on the defensive end, like how he can yeah, uh, sort of impact the game there. Um, because, you know, that's, that's the big draw as well. He's not just this, seven footer who can hit threes, but you know, he's, he's supposed to be, you know, one of the best rim pre- protecting prospects we've ever seen. So I, I, I don't know, Matt, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of hyperbole. There's a lot of talk going into this, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think just with his body alone, it's going to be impossible for him not to impact the game. Um, but the, the extent to which, you know, this, the, yeah, all this stuff, you know, best ever we'll, we'll see. Cause, cause there, we, we've had promises like this before. I know this seems a little yeah, bit different, yeah. but it's it's gonna be hard to live up live up to the hype because uh, it's it's you know he's he's being as hyped as anyone since LeBron if not sure, even yeah. more than that. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I I think that I agree. You know, everyone needs to kind of be a little bit more realistic here. Like the Spurs, unless they make yeah. some kind of big splash as well, like they just want to kind of make a playoff push. Uh, you know, with Wembenyama in his rookie year, which I think would be a little bit foolish. You probably want to just let him get acclimatized to the new environment, new city, uh, new play style, new coach, new everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at such a young age, you kind of need that time. 
the Spurs are going to be shit still next year, and you yeah. kind of want them to be shit. You want to get another guy to team up with them because, like, right now, you you know, you've got a couple intriguing pieces, but like. I'm not that big on Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Trey Jones. Like yeah. these guys are serviceable guys. Like sure, maybe uh, you know developing a decent starters, but there's no one there that's going to be that sidekick to to Wembenyama that uh, is going to really work hand in hand with them, in my opinion, at this point. So no. I've got low expectations for the Spurs as a team, uh, you know, as a whole. But you know, I, I think I'd, I'd have a lot easier time thinking about how, uh, or at least envisioning how I think uh, Wembenyama's rookie season is going to go. If a guy who will technically be in his rookie season this uh, this coming year, Chet Holmgren, had yep. played this year, not quite as uh, polished on the offensive end as, uh, as as Wemby is, but similar, you know, just a little bit shorter, but, you know, great defender uh, in front of the rim, but can shoot the three a little bit, has decent sneaky handles. You know, he's, he's kind of like the poor man's Wembenyama, and I think Yep. Had we been able to see him play for the rookie year, which, you know, I, I think that, you know, I'm going to make the hot take right now. I, I might take Chet Holmgren rookie of the year right now. I might call it right before the uh, like before yep. the draft even goes down. He'll have a really good chance on a strong OKC team like mm-hmm. uh, to make an immediate impact, and he'll get a lot of minutes there. Yep. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, how both of these guys can kind of uh, transfer over into the NBA game. Because like, like you said, those skinny frames are going to get put to the test. You know, you well, got to try to bulk up under any means necessary because, you know, it's a small ball kind of world, but you get matched up with uh, you know one of these big meaty men that have been in the NBA for thirty years. <laughs> Ken, and, uh, they're just Kenneth gonna Lofton, right through the post. remember he yeah, he, he bullied him already. I think that was yep. uh, who sort of ba- yeah the footage of backing Wemby down under the basket. But I mean, the, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Chet Holgren, Holgren uh, that's the example I'm talking about. He doesn't play his entire first year. A fluke little yep. injury in the summer league or whatever it was, or a pro am. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that that happened to the huge skinny guy. Uh, like these yeah. guys are so long. There's so many fucking ankles, legs, things that you can come down on. And when you've got that much weight, uh, you know, if you turn an ankle or something like, um, but like by all accounts, the, the Wembenyama camp or whatever knows that's like the biggest concern and they're fucking working out mm-hmm. his fucking big toes and shit like that to make sure he's, he doesn't turn into, you know, Sam Bowie, like all these, all these prospects who are supposed to be great. You know, Greg Oden, these, these big guys who mm. just get, uh, struggle with too many injuries. Like, so I, I, Yao Ming to an extent you could even throw in hundred percent. Yeah. Another guy, just these, these guys with massive bodies, like they don't have, they don't have the best track records. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to, um, to yeah, to to make sure you don't become one of those guys who's constantly injured. Even look at a guy like Joel Embiid, like he's a success story, yep, but yep. he missed so much time. So that 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 to me, I think, is probably my biggest just concern. Like if if he can get through his first year without any major injuries and 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 you know uh, can can avoid that early on, that's going to be the biggest thing for me. Um, and and like you you mentioned, he doesn't really have a a sidekick there. That's true. I, just looking through some draft guides, some sort of you know rumor speculation th- that San Antonio might be trying to move up a little bit in this draft, like trade there. They, be a bad idea. They've got a couple of late first round picks, um, or no, I think a first and then one more first and then one early in the second that they could maybe package with one of their younger guys um, and mm-hmm. move up. So that's interesting. I like their pick from last year, uh, Sochan next to um, yeah, uh, yeah, next to Wembenyama. Mm-hmm. is a good fit. He's not, he's never going to be a star. He's more of like a glue guy, but 
as a four, as a sort of versatile four next to this towering uh, guy in, in, in Wemby. I think that makes a lot of sense. But I agree. All this talk about Keldon, Keldon Johnson's great. He played for Team USA. I don't, I'm not a big Keldon Johnson guy. Care. Like he's, yeah. uh, he's at he's best. Six with five. I know. At best, he's going to be a decent role player who can do a little bit of everything, but nothing great. And I'm like, whatever. Shoots the ball well. Yeah. Give him that. But I mean, like, he's not like a guy you're going to be like, oh, you, I'm putting all my, uh, you know, my, my chips on this guy to, to lead my team to the playoffs. Like, fuck no. No. You need him as like a, a, a even like a six man, just. Just a, a shooter to come in and play small ball four, if anything. Like, like yeah. I, I do think he's kind of got that. Oh, who's the most underrated player in the league? Like, he's just that popular, cool uh, answer now. And it's yeah. like, go, go watch this guy play. He's not that good. Yeah, he plays on the Spurs. You know, he's getting these minutes. Put him on a team that really matters and see, put him to the test. I know, I know. So, so that's the thing. And outside of that, there's not much. Like, I like, I like Vassell as a shooter as well. But I think the other thing, mm-hmm. the other thing, the or, or the thing that the Spurs are going to need is a a good point guard to get this all together and sort of, you know, make this, this team make sense. If, if, if you got Wemby, you know, he's, he's not, he's not Jokic. He's not going to be dribbling the ball up uh, all that much. Yeah. You need, you need, and, and you look at a team like Houston, which but with a bunch of young players don't have a real point guard. It's just chaos. Uh, you don't know what yeah. the hell is going on, uh, you know, at any point. So I think the Spurs, um, you know, whether they, if, if they do try and move up, whether they try and target a point guard in this draft, that might be interesting, something to watch. Or if they, say, you know, we, we want Wemby, you know, if Wemby can be as good as some of these people are saying that he can be right away, do we want a vet? Like, I've heard fucking Chris Paul's name attached to uh, to the Spurs or someone like that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do. But I do think, you know, as a as a, a team that could maybe move up and, and get another young player in this draft, you know, a little higher up alongside Wembenyama, like a guy mm-hmm. who can fit next to him, whether that is a guard, uh, maybe a another forward who can slot in there at the three next to him and Sochan. We'll see. But um, yeah, Spurs, Spurs, Spurs will be a team to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if they, there's mm-hmm. some other movement. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how this Wemby season goes. I like, I, anything's on the table for me. I haven't put it out of, I haven't, I, I just want to say for the record, I'm not going to put my toe in either camp or whatever. I'm not, I wouldn't be that shocked if he turns into, <laughs> Not a bust, but like a sort of borderline, like really, like all this hype for this guy type of thing. Like, yeah, he can yeah, he can I, hit a I three. Like, I just I need to see him against the real athletes that we that, that are in the NBA and other guys who are tall and other guys that are fucking big and physical. Because uh, because like I don't know, I'm just not a huge believer of the guys with the huge, tall, skinny frames. Um, unless they can prove to me they're you know they're they're up to the task um, when they get there. Well, to look past, uh, you know, Wembenyama again, a, a fairly loaded draft class. You know, I'm, I'm high up on a lot of these uh, these prospects that are coming out here, uh, and there's kind of some speculation. You know, uh, it's probably uh, you know down to two guys for that number two spot to uh, to fall to the Charlotte Hornets, uh, and that one's between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. Uh, you know, two yep. amazing prospects. Uh, Scoot, obviously, the the dynamic, explosive point guard, and Brandon Miller, the uh, the, the phenomenal two way talent of uh, Bama. And, and Jordan, when you when you look at this pick, you know as far as it goes, you know uh, if Charlotte does indeed keep the picks, because there's a lot of uh, rumors flying around, uh, you know potentially maybe a Zion Williamson uh, coming onto the the, the scene here yeah. uh, for maybe number two or number three uh, overall in this draft, which would be insane. Yeah. Uh, especially if that doesn't get leaked until the actual draft. Yeah. Uh, that that would be uh, something else. Something else night. might get leaked on draft night to do with Zion yeah, as well. That'd be might. great. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I think I might be on <laughs> Team Zion right now. This seems a little bit uh, pedantic. Yeah. But uh, to, to, to look at this number two overall pick, though, Jordan, I mean, who would you be selecting right now if you are the Charlotte Hornets? <sighs> well, 
it's it's a tough choice. I and I, I get why people are sort of laboring and you know different people. It depends on kind of the players that you like. But I mm-hmm. I think I, I'd actually go with Miller uh, because yeah yeah I'm, I'm in the same camp. Like I think his 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 shooting is real. Like he he shot close to forty percent uh, from from behind the line in college. And when I see that out of college, like I really like guys who've shown in college or wherever they're playing, you know, before the NBA that they that they know how to shoot because that like. It often and takes not afraid to take that shot, and not afraid. But it often takes times, even the best shooters, to sort of acclimatize to the NBA. And they, the, even those guys, aren't that good starting out. So the guys who can't even shoot in college are fucking terrible yeah. when they get in the NBA. And there's no like we're gonna get to you know other players. You know we're gonna soon get to the Thompson twins, other guys who just have not shown that ability to shoot the ball. And I, that just worries mm-hmm. me because if you never get there, it's really hard to make an impact in the NBA, no matter how how you how good you are at other things. So. I like Miller's shooting. I like his size uh, and his ability to, to to play make. Like in terms of who you want uh, as a modern day sort of big wing, he checks he checks all the boxes. And I just think for me, as good as Scoot is as you know an explosive guy, I think Scoot's more of a unicorn in terms of you know he, he doesn't come around as often uh, that that type of player. I think Miller is more. I don't know. For, for me, he's more of a safer bet to sort of make it. You know, the comp is has been consistently like a Paul George type player. And that's a hell of a player, like a two-way guy uh, who can, you know, play make, hit shots, get his own, get his own shot as well. You know, manufacture offense. Um, and if you if you want to look at all at fit, I mean, him playing next to Lonzo Ball, uh, sorry, Lamelo Ball, um, like that that that's theoretically a great combination. Like a guy who can run up the oh, yeah. wing yeah. with him, a guy who can, you know, uh, you know, handle play the ball a little him. bit, play off of him, a hundred percent. So, like, I, I, that's why I think that like the scoot. And Lamelo backcourt just sounds. I don't like it. Like it. Kind of, no, I don't think it would work. Like they, they both need the ball in their hands. Neither yeah. are really that great off ball. Like we haven't seen Lamelo play off ball ever. Like yeah. I think Scoot would you know be able to cut to the lane and all that. But like he, his jump shot, I don't think is probably there yet to be too reliable as rookie year. Like no. I kind of look at it as like a, the Cade Cunningham and Jade Ivy. And again, another yeah. situation where we didn't really get to see how that experiment or that risk really worked out because Cade uh, Cunningham missed almost the entire season. So yeah. I'm uh, you know. I, I just think if you're Charlotte, if you want to actually kind of progress this rebuild in the right direction, I, I mean, if you think Scoot Henderson is just the better talent and uh, you just want to go mm-hmm. for the the best player available, then, I mean, hey, I get it. But I, I just think that's going to cause you more headaches down the line and you're probably going to end up having to choose between LaMelo or Scoot instead of you can you know, just get the dynamic duo right now and see what you can run with. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I, I think, like, yeah, I, I, I get... I sort of get the argument for about, you know, when you're this high in the draft, you know, when you're top three, top five, people say, you know, don't worry about fit. It's not about fit. Just take the yeah. best player on the board. But I don't know. When it's close, if it's a toss-up, I'll go with fit all the time. I'll let that play into the sure. equation 100% because, like, this is Charlotte. Like, they've been bad for so long. Like, if you get this right, you can mm-hmm. have two centerpieces. You know, you don't have to worry about figuring out a trade to upgrade. You can just say, look, we've got these two young guys that work well together. We can fill out the team around them after that um and yeah i i i would i would think long and hard about it um you know and and, and yeah for, for for me i think miller's the, the the clear choice in that spot i think i think in that case scoot is the clear like sort of number three player in this draft but i think they're they're close enough that if i'm charlotte i'm i'm going with miller yeah well i mean jordan moving on from the the, the number two overall pick that's uh, let's start talking about some of the, the hidden gems in this one and not the uh the, the really overrated movie with uh, kevin garnett uh <laughs> 
No, Wheaties come on. Gonna it be, was good, Matt. Watch good. it again. No, it Give it a second shit. chance. It was shit. I've it never was pretty watched good. It. Kevin Garnett's uh, an what, amazing what, actor. What is what does the weekend say? Something like <laughs> dick so hard. <laughs> I, I think that's his line. Something like, good some, acting. Something like Someone that. once told me that he was uh, his acting was really good in that movie, and then I saw that, and I was like, "You're a fucking idiot." <laughs> uh, so if you whoever told me that, you're listening. I don't remember who it was. You're you're an idiot. It was me. Um, okay, well that would make Thanks sense. Thanks a lot. Uh, but. Who do you got? Who do you think is the steal of this year's draft? Uh, you know, a guy who you think is probably going to slide pretty far down the draft, or just farther than projected. Uh, that you kind of you're, you're you're thinking highly of right now. Let me go through my notes here, Matt. There's there's Punch the numbers. There's some guys that I, there, well, there's a lot of guys that I like. There's a lot of guys that kind of worry me though too. Like a lot of the time yeah. in the draft, I'm like, Ugh. so so often with guys coming out of college, it's like it's it's hard to. Um, predict what they're going to be and so many so many guys like become tweeners i find like guys who aren't really tall enough to play the position in the nba that they Mm. played in college and that's the position they played their entire life and then it's like oh look at this awesome six six power forward who dominated in college i'm like okay well can can he play small forward because that's what he's gonna have to play in the nba um so there's a lot of guys kind of like that but i really like a a guy who's kind of projected at around 10 right now taylor Hendricks out of ucf Mm -hmm. he's six eight yeah He's another guy who shot the heck out of it, at least percentage-wise. He's, he's not someone who's going to create his own shot off the dribble, but as a catch-and-shoot big player, he, he can hit them from the corners. He can hit them from you know the, the, the wings. Um, and he's a really good uh, defender as well, good rim protector. Um, and you know a, a, a guy at 6'8", that, that's, that's power forward height. Like That's, that's where you want a, a guy to be. He's a little thin. Like I think he'll, he'll need to build out his, his frame a little bit. But as a two-way guy, and he's projected right now to go, you know, if he goes 10 to the Mavs, he'd be like the perfect guy to play with with a, a guy like Luka, who's going to have the ball in his hands all the time anyway. He's going to kick it out to, to shooters, you know, spot-up shooters most of the time. Um, you know, he can knock those down and then play that sort of, uh, you know, Swiss Army knife defender role. Like, I think he's big enough to defend the rim, but he's got enough quickness he can get out. You know, he's not too too tall so that he's like lumbering uh, as a big guy um and so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really intrigued i i wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised if he goes higher like higher than 10 in the top 10 because i think you it's, it's rare to get a guy that big with those defensive instincts that can actually shoot the hell out of it um you know at the college level as well so so he's a guy i'm watching yeah, that's a that's a good call out. Uh, I, I definitely like that pick. I think that he's probably projected around like where I in my mock draft. And again, this is where I draft where I think what I think each team should do, not what I think they will do. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had him number ten to the Mavericks as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, assuming there's there's no moves going on here. Uh, the guy who I see, you know, is at least should be the biggest climber here. My my biggest steal of the draft, freshman out of Alabama, Noah Clowney. He's awesome. Uh, I'm not sure. He's yeah, awesome. He is. He's a phenomenal I really player. Like him. I think he. I think he's going to be, you know, a, a standout right away. Six foot ten, can play the four. Probably yep. could play the small ball five. You need in the NBA. Yep. Stretches the floor well. Smooth finisher. Kind of has like a nice soft touch, which you don't really get with a, a guy of that size. Yeah. Fluid mover. You know, I, I like. He is really just that total package for me, and I think yep. that you know at 14, that's where I've got him on my, my my board over to the Pelicans. I think he's a perfect addition to get to get in there. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I I can't. There's not really anything bad I can say about this guy. I think you know maybe he needs to you know same thing with a lot of these younger guys bulk up a little bit. Uh, you know hit the gym, eat a couple whoppers, but uh, yep. at the same time you know also 
hanker down on the uh, the defensive end a little bit. He's definitely got the potential, the verticality to become a good rim protector. But yeah. right now, I could see teams you know picking on him in uh, the, those bigger opportunities. But uh, overall, I think he's going to be a standout player for this draft class when it's all said and done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's where I've seen him sort of on a lot of mocks around 14 range. You know, could 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 go up a little bit. But yeah, I mean. He's but he's kind of similar to Hendricks, like the guy. I just I think he's a little yeah, taller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the guys who can, I mean, look at the, where the NBA is going. You, big guys who can shoot. If, if you're if you if you got size and you can shoot, that's that's all teams want. And and he's yeah. he's you know a little uh, Clowney's a little less you know uh, accurate percentage wise from outside, but he's got the mechanics and you know it, it, he can clearly do it. Um, and it's something that. I think, you know, with time and work, he'll be able to translate. And, yeah, the defensive – and he, he just gets off the floor uh, quickly, and he, he's big inside. Like, I think he's, he plays bigger than he actually is. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there, – I, I see a lot of potential for him uh, for sure as sort of the – you know, if depending what – if he does go to the Pelicans, for instance, you know, playing him playing up next to Zion um, I think uh, could work pretty nicely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, Jordan, we're, we're both known, notorious haters, and uh, we're going to do some hating before these guys' NBA's careers even start. I hate them. Who do you look at most likely to be a bust in this year's NBA draft? Wemby. Oh, yeah, Wemby, I'm on number one. <laughs> no, but actually, Matt, I'm going to – I'm going to – there's a, there's a lot of guys here who've got some, uh, you know, potent, some real fraudulent activity uh, uh, kind of revolving around their heads right now. I, I – Okay, here I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this in two parts. I think Scoot. Mm. I think Scoot. I don't think Scoot will be a bust, but I think it's gonna be harder for Scoot to stand out in the NBA the way people are expecting him to. Like six two. He's got to be Russell Westbrook, he, pretty much. And he's a six two guy who can't shoot. How many great mm-hmm. players have we ever seen that are six two that can't really shoot? Like it's not. It's not gonna be easy. And I I know he's super Especially explosive. Especially like the last what ten years. Yeah, yeah. Like if he doesn't develop it, he's fucked. Exactly. Yeah. So you know he's he's under thirty percent from the three point line. Uh, you know he he's got okay mechanics. Like I don't think I'm not putting it out of the realm of possibility that he will become a a, a decent shooter to where it doesn't hurt him. But right now he just isn't that. So you know I can't ignore that. Um, and, and yeah, like if he wasn't going to be, if he wasn't going to be a good shooter, I would like him to be a few inches taller so he could use his sort of tenacity. Like he's, he's a, he's a really good defender who tries hard. Uh, but at six, two, it's just going to be tough. If you get switched onto a, a, a bigger guy, he can just shoot over you no matter what you're doing. Um, and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I, I haven't been blown away by his ability as like a playmaker. Like he can do that, but so there's a lot I'm sort of looking at. And yeah, the, the Russell Westbrook comp, I'm like, nobody, like Russell Westbrook early on, he he had to be like first of all, it was a different game back then. It didn't matter as yeah. much that he wasn't yeah. a, as great of a shooter. And he he had an amazing sort of running, remember that little running sort of free throw line in transition pull up shot that he used to make like ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Like we'll see if Scoot can get a shot like that. But I don't know. I'm I'm I don't think he's got potential to be a bust because I think he's 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 got enough sort of talent that that's not gonna happen. But I would watch Scoot. The guys I would think might be busts are the Thompson twins. Guys yeah. who how, you know, I I wish I'll they be shocked if they stay as point guards for their whole career. Well, that's the thing. I wish they were a little bit taller because I'm like, you guys are like six six. Uh, what are you? You're gonna play, you know, playmaking shooting guards who again can't fucking shoot the ball. Uh, like uh, it's it's gonna be strange. I don't. They, they the, those are sort of the the prototypes I'm talking about that are kind of like tweeners. Like what the hell are you guys? Where are you actually gonna fall? Um and. I don't know. I just I, I I like all the intangible skills that they bring. You know, the playmaking, the defense. The the they've obviously got great NBA bodies overall. But again, like if you're if you're 
going to play them as as forwards. They're going up against six, seven, eight, six, nine dudes. Uh, it's going to be harder to to defend them well if, if if they've got a few inches on you. Um, and and yeah, I think they've either got a they've either got to be able to play a lot bigger than they are, use their long wingspans, like they do have you know you know good length. Um, and, and sort of impress in that way and be really good playmakers, really good defenders, or they've got to learn how to shoot because they can't – it's going to be – I think it's going to be tough for them to, to translate their, their sort of standout athletic ability when they're going to be around guys – a lot of guys who kind of have that already who are much more skilled mm-hmm. than them. So we, we, we'll see. They're, they're just a bit raw for my liking right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I'd, I'd, I'd circle them as potentially uh, in, in the bust camp. Yeah, I I, my, my, I think that's a really good pick. And again, those are guys who are, are likely going to fall in the top 10. Like I've got them right around the end of that, around 6th, 7th overall picks. Yeah, uh, maybe higher. On my mock. Yeah, who, who knows? Really, yeah, it's a, it's, it could be, you know, one of them. If Who knows what who knows what the fuck the Trailblazers are going to think? Uh, like yeah. They have the team, I they're going to be the biggest wild card coming into this. Yep. Uh, or they're realistically just going to be boring and they're going to draft whoever is the best available. Uh, but... My my bust, my most likely bust candidate. I don't really feel bust, good Matt. about it. Bus, I'm about to bust. Uh, and so is Grady Dick, Keontae, Keontae George. No, yeah. I, I do. I uh, j- just on that note, I do have Grady Dick going to the Magic, so we can get that Suggs Dick backcourt. Yes, uh, that's so we're, we're we're gonna get it. Uh, but Keontae George, uh, a six foot four uh, shooting guard that has no jump shot. I, he like, can shoot the, a little bit, but yeah, no, no. one of the no, I I'm not I'm not sold on it. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm really I, like I I don't think he's gonna translate to the NBA. Kind of exactly like you were alluding to before. These guys who are you know decent in college, but you know when they come to the NBA, their game just doesn't fit the NBA mold, and that that's that's what's gonna happen with him. Yeah, uh, you know he's a freak athlete. You know he might be able to you know come off the bench and just rim run, play some high efficient minutes for you, but like. I, I don't know if that jump shot's ever going to really become NBA, uh, you know, efficient. I don't really think that, you know, he's yeah. got the, the height uh, to make up for his... That's uh, the thing like, I don't like about him. He's too short. 6'4". I'm like, come on. Like, my my ceiling for Kim at this point... And, you know, this is still, like, a respectable career, but this is, like, the best possible scenario I think I could see for him is a Lou Dort-type player. Yeah. Just yeah. A, a fire hydrant down low, but he's going to still have to improve on the defensive end, too. Like, there's yeah. a lot of... it, Like... Essentially, whoever drafts him, you're getting a complete project, and yep. you're gonna have to rewire this kid's entire game. And I, I, that's pretty hard to do. Not everybody can just do that after you know you play 18, 19 years yep. uh, the exact same way. And uh, you know, as great as his story's been coming up, I just I, I don't see his NBA career panning out that well. But uh, you know, he, he's a borderline lottery pick. I believe a lot of people have him around 14th. I've got him down to like 20, 21 uh, on my big board. So uh, not not, uh, not expecting much from Keontae George on my end. Some people got him going 13 to the Raptors, Matt. So uh, you know, good I, luck if that happens. And, and you know what? Based on my uh, my my luck and my history, the, the <laughs> yeah, guy probably I never want, they always take anyway. So yeah, okay. Well, well welcome Keontae George to the Raptors. Uh, oh my god. Uh, but Jordan, you know, we mentioned the Trailblazers there. Uh, they're one of the names to watch. But uh, before we uh, we stop talking about the NBA draft, what team do you think should make a move in the uh, the, the first round of the, the NBA draft this year? You know, a lot of talk. People are saying that the top 10 uh, picks are going to be completely jumbled by the time uh, the draft is finished. Uh, you know, which team do you see making a move uh, really quickly into this one? Uh, I think Portland, uh Obviously, I, I think they should trade their pick or trade Dame. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, pick a lane, do do one, the do one of those two things. Uh, who knows do if they're going draft to draft someone? <laughs> yeah, but the the other one I'm looking at, at least just in the top five, because you know after after that, yeah, there might be some movement. Like it, it makes sense, I guess, for 
a number of these teams to 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 make small sort of trades or move up and down. But like, why why not Houston? Why not explore trading that? Mm-hmm. If you're Houston, you already yep, have yep. three pieces that theoretically uh, are going to sort of be you know your your three good prospects going forward uh, you know you've got green you've got shangun who's apparently now seven foot two he went over to turkey and yeah, grew okay. a whole bunch same with kaminga if you ask Chris yeah <laughs> kaminga um and then sorry who's the third guy that who's the guy they drafted last year first overall the the power forward out of auburn what's his fucking name jabari smith smith jr smithy i forgot about him um he was just so he bad said. this year yeah that was, that's yeah. the issue but you've got those three guys really really you know either really talented in shangun or two really you know high picks the other two like I don't know. Like I would, I would be shopping it around and thinking, look, if we, if we get, if we can sort of package up, uh, you know, a few of our other young players and this pick for a proven and, and player, you might be getting James Harden this off season. Well, okay. I, I would stay the fuck away from James Harden. First of all, but, but you know, they want him. P- potentially that could toxic attraction. <laughs> it's true. But uh, like, why not Houston? Uh, you know, I, if I was them, I would explore it that, you know, and, 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 you know, mm-hmm. see if I could just, you know, get a more an adult in the room there, because I just think that's what they're missing. I don't think they need more fucking young players who want to shoot the ball and want to be, you know, want to make it big. They need, they've, yeah. they've got enough of that. Uh, I, and, and so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't expect them to move it. I haven't heard anything about it, but if I were them, I'd consider it. Yeah. The, I, I had them circled down as well because they also have uh, a couple other picks throughout this draft. So, yeah. I mean, you you wouldn't be going without any prospects. Yeah. Uh, so, I think that that would be a really smart move on their part. Uh, the team I've got is uh, also in the Lone Star State, the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. You know, we talked about them at number 10. Yeah. If you're going to bring back Kyrie Irving, which from the sounds of it, I, I, I don't see Kyrie moving. To be Nobody honest. wants I think him. He's... Doesn't seem exactly. like Exactly. I I think he's going to stay there. He he knows it's a safe, reliable location with Luca there. He can kind of uh, you know shoulder some of the blame. Plus, he doesn't have all the pressure and all the the, the command against him. So uh, I think Kyrie probably resigns there. But maybe you could get something for that tenth overall pick. Maybe you yeah. package a couple of these guys. Maybe you throw in a Christian Wood as well. You sweeten the pot, and you can get someone who's actually decently serviceable to to add to that team. Because right now. No, no, no one you're going to draft at number 10 is going to change how the season finished for you. Like, yep. uh, if you really want to go back to the Western Conference Finals or to the playoffs in general, uh, you know, you, you're going to have to find some pieces. Because right now the roster constructed, you know, it's it's kind of cool, but, like, at best you're a 7 or 8 seed in the Western Conference. And that's, you know, that's just the reality of the situation to me. So yep. uh, I, I think if they're wise, if Mark Cuban, uh, you know, wants to go pick up the phone, get the Shark Tank going, uh, you know, find somebody uh, out there, that, you know, in the front court that you can really rely on to, uh, to, to give you some serviceable minutes there. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I, I just I don't really know what direction they're trying to go in then. Uh, honestly, I would say if they draft somebody at number 10, you might as well let Kyrie walk. Uh, yeah, 100%. Well, and, and we'll see... Yeah, the the Kyrie situation, I think, like, just fully I think, tank. Fuck well, it. I think they're gonna they they have no choice but to try and and bring him back. Like, like it, yeah. they're they're in the situation where they, I don't think they loved what they saw with him and Luca, but you know, it's 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 better than you know what they could get on the market. Like, the Mavs are in a tough yeah. spot, but this is exactly why they tanked. Uh, so you know shamelessly at the end of the season so that they could ensure that they do get this this 10 10th overall pick and yeah it's not to draft uh uh grady dick uh or any of these uh these guys uh you know it's mm-hmm. it's to just have the asset um and then yeah trade it so i i would i'd honestly be more surprised if they kept the pick than if they traded it i, I i'm expecting them to yeah. trade it in some way uh at, at some point before draft night so yeah we'll see how it goes but um it's it's 
it, it'll be interesting what the market is though for the 10th overall pick and who you can get exactly, like you're yeah. not gonna get that man you're, i don't think you're gonna get that much of a game changer but it's still better than 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 keeping any and getting a young player they they've got the pressure yeah. they luca wants to win now so uh yeah we'll, we'll see what they do but that's one i had circled as well sam presti's probably scratching picking at his arm he's fucking addicted to trying to get these uh these picks so he's probably gonna you know make a, a quick trade over yep. there but uh to shift our focus you know uh, jordan you know, we were originally just gonna do a, an nba draft preview for you guys uh you know really uh, zone in on this but uh turns out that the uh, the nba world was beckoning for us they didn't want to let us off the hook that easy they didn't want to let us go on that summer vacation because nope. uh, they dropped a blockbuster trade here bradley beal to the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul and Landry Shamit on their way to the Washington Wizards. Uh, Chris Paul expected to be moved or bought out by the the end of that uh, that term. Won't, won't end up being a Wizard, even though I think if they, you know, you put Chris Paul on this year's Wizard team, take away Bradley Beal, you could probably make Chris Charles Porzingis average like thirty points. That's just my belief. Yep. Uh, as Kuzma would be good too, but not going to happen. Let's just focus right now on the Suns. I mean, when you look at this team, Jordan, I mean, what are your initial impressions? Because in my opinion. This is exactly the same team that they already had, just a little more top-heavy, and now their bench is even worse. I just, I, know. I don't know how you can look at how this season went and go, oh, yeah, this is going to work. This is fine. We'll just run them 48 minutes a game, uh, and, and it'll be all cool. And it's like, all right, that's great and everything. You know, uh, How the fuck do you expect to get these guys through the, 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 like the regular season, though? What does an 82-game regular season Phoenix Suns with this roster look like? Uh, because... They yeah. don't have anybody. The guys who they're going to have on their bench are going to be, you know, either shit or these really old veteran guys who just won't be able to play high minutes. KD's not going to be able to play, you know, 65-plus games. Like it's, He's going to cut it short. He's been injured every year for the last three seasons. He's probably going to get hurt at some point. It's just the, the, yep. the reality of the situation. You can't try to play 82 games with him. Bradley Beal's dealt with his shit. A lot of that, you know, has also been, like, sitting out for contract issues and tanking reasons, so... Who knows about his health? But he's had his problems in the past. He's yeah. been dinged up. And then you're like, are you really going to push all of this on Devin Booker then? Uh, Who's you know, DeAndre also missed time. Thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm kind of baffled that they think this is the move that's going to put them over the edge right now. And people still think that this is good. Like, like again, the other problem is. There's only one ball. You now have no point guard either. Like, are you going to find a guy to distribute to these three guys, and they're going <laughs> to all find a way to balance it out? Like, Kevin Durant should be, like, having a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm having? I'm looking for here. Uh, you know, he, a tantrum? He's realizing, you know, he should be throwing a tantrum, <laughs> but uh, he, I was going to say uh, uh, dementia or vertigo or something. Oh, uh, yes. the, the word's going to come to me eventually. Yes. But he's already lived the situation. Yes, yes, he knows yes. exactly. He, he know, it's all uh, it's all coming back Nightmares. to him in waves right now from Brooklyn. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm I'm not sure why he uh, he would agree to this uh, situation. I mean, obviously it's not exactly his control, but I don't know. I'm I'm still not big on the Suns roster. They're gonna really have a busy off season. Well, yeah, they they better to fix this stupid move. I mean, th- this. New owner syndrome is is really crazy. Like it's it's this trade gives me to a much lesser extent the same sort of feeling of, of the Rudy Gobert trade. It's like what the hell are you doing? You why are you yeah. getting two guys who play the exact same position? Uh, and like I, I'm 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 so I, I every time this type of thing happens in the NBA, it, it really m- makes me mad. Like and I always talk about you know where I want my best players to be positionally on the court, you know, spread out from each other if possible. And it's like. Like, who who is in these, you know, uh, front offices, like, discussing these? Like, I know there's, you know, is is the is the fucking analytics revolution really taken over everywhere? Like, and, and, and just people who don't actually 
know what they're doing. They just want, you know, the best, you know, the Daryl Morey school, just put the best players on the floor, put as many stars as you can on the floor and, and it'll all work out. Like, I just don't like, aside from the rest of the roster, just having Bradley Beal and Devin Booker on your team together makes zero sense to me because one of them is just going to have to basically become the point guard, which you don't want. Like they're both, they're both, they're so similar in the way that they play. Like, you know, you want them coming off of, you know, pin downs and screens to get shots. They can both attack the rim a little bit and they can both handle the ball a little bit. So like, I I don't know, in maybe in some crazy world, you know, there's, there's some way of thinking that's like one day Bradley Beal can kind of be the point guard for the night. And then, and then Devin Booker and yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, there's just, it's just going to completely take away from what each of them can do, um, you know, at a time. And I, I just, to, to invest that much money in, in those two guys who do the exact same job makes no sense to me because uh, again, neither of them have shown that they can truly be that, you know, steady handed point guard, uh, you know, who, who, who does that, you know, plays that role full time. Uh, like they, they, they've both done it in a pinch and they're getting better at it, but you still need that, that guy in a fucking, you know, tight playoff game or series to know, you know, exactly how to feed an entry pass into DeAndre Ayton if he's fucking still there or, or get it to Kevin Durant if he's hot or one of these guys. Like, I don't trust either of them to fully take on that role. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so I just don't like the fit. And then just beyond that, the fact that the fucking Suns would trade, trade out, you know, of all the good teams in the league, they were by far the most shallow and had the least people to rely on. They trade out two guys for one. You should be doing the opposite. You should be trying to trade out one guy for three, four, as many fucking guys as you can, because you're so shallow. And you mentioned it. All three of their top guys have had injury problems. Kevin Durant's injury problems aren't getting better. They might actually Mm -hmm. at some point soon start getting to the point where it's like, he's injured more than he's actually playing because that's what happens with uh, older players like him on the other side of 30. Like it just kind of, you know, it, it happens slowly. It's you sort of slide into it, but then it's like, Oh yeah, Kevin Durant's injured again. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how, you know, it goes for him uh, over the yep. next, you know, coming years. And yeah, Booker and, and Beal have each dealt with injuries as well. It's not like they're a fucking iron man out there playing every night like Jokic. Um, and, and so, yeah, now they're even more shallow. The only way to rectify this in my mind, is if you trade Aiton and you get a real point guard back. If they do that, yeah. then I will be like, okay, maybe maybe that's fine. And it doesn't have to be a good point guard, but it just can't be Cameron Payne for the love of God. Uh, just, you know, yeah. someone a yeah. little bit better than that. Um, and and and. But even then, it's like Devin Booker's going to play the three. Well, honestly, that makes more sense to me than fucking whatever machination they'll have to do now. now. I think it's it's point Booker or small forward Booker. You kind of fucked yourself into uh, yeah. corner here because Beal isn't going to be able to play either of those spots. He has to be the two guard of the the, the, the two of them. So yeah. I'm, I just don't, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think Aiden has to be traded to get some, get two Gotta or three be. guys back, get some depth, uh, you know, but his stock is at an all time low. Like yeah. people are uh, reporting that, uh, you know, the wizards didn't even want to touch him. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, on paper, you would think, oh man, DeAndre Ayton and Christoph Porzingis, you know, front court, maybe that could actually be uh, kind of nice to terrify some, uh, some of these small ball teams, but yep. no interest on their part. And this is, again, a guy who was the number one overall pick, and uh, you're telling me that nobody wants him. It's a, a little unbelievable for me. I'm sure you could get some kind of a depth haul for him. Well, well, right before we hopped on, I don't even saw, know if you saw the alert, Matt, but apparently the Celtics talked to the Suns about Ayton. Doesn't seem like anything came of it. But mm-hmm. something like that, if you if you were to make it work, Aiton to the Celtics, and then one of their guards, whether it's Brogdon, Smart, 
or White, although I doubt they would trade White. You know, Brogdon or Smart. That would be the perfect guy just to have as as a point guard that you could run out there. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I've I've made it known Smart isn't my favorite you know point guard in the fucking league in terms of playing that role, but he's gotten better at doing that, and and he'd be hey, good defensively next to those defense, guys. Yeah. 100%. So something like that. If they can do that, then I'll like this a lot more. But right now, yeah, I'm pretty low on it. it. just doesn't make sense. They're shallower, and they got a guy who they basically already had. And there's only one ball yeah. to go around, too. That's the other thing. It's like there's there, there was already – you didn't need another big-time scorer who's going to take shots. You had that in bucket loads. You beat the – you you beat the, the 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 NBA champions twice because those guys went off and you lost that series not because you didn't have another one of those guys it's because you didn't have you know the, the the depth for the rest of your roster shooters you know a, a yeah. point guard who could be on the floor um you know a, a, a reliable big who could defend and, and and score so they they just fixed the wrong problem they 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 fixed a problem they didn't have and made their real problem worse so uh you yeah, know they yeah. they they better. They better trade Aiton or it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be a long season uh, and, and you'll see more injuries for those guys because they'll have to roll them out Nick Nurse style, 48 minutes a yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, I just want to say, Adam Silver, maybe you should uh, look into some tampering here. I know you like to throw yes. those fucking straps on the wrist. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Ashiba's dad is Bradley Beal's agent. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, maybe something. maybe there's a weird collusion there that uh, all that was able to go down so quickly and so smoothly. Something uh, there, yeah. You know, j- j- just putting that out there. Um, but... Looking ahead, you know, uh, your, your boy, your, one of your favorites uh, of all time, Chris Paul. I, I mean, at the tail end of his career, who knows how uh, how, how long he's going to be kicking around. I mean, he looks decent this past year, but, I mean, the body's not uh, not getting any younger. He's got a lot of mileage on him. you you got to think at this point, it's uh, it's a, it, it, this year could be the last uh, if we're looking at what's, what's to come for Chris Paul. Yeah, I think... I think he's at the point now where everyone like it, it. It is crazy to think that in 2021 he was maybe the Suns. You know, he wasn't their best player when they got to the finals, but he was. All, he was certainly their second best, and or at least second most important. You know, behind Booker, you know, getting sure, to the yeah. finals. He, well, he he was that driving force of change. I mean, he turned that organization around. Stopped. A, I think it was an eight-year playoff drought. His yep. first year, they 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 make that postseason. I mean. Kind of feel like he'd be pulling the uh, the Norman Osborn in uh, Spider Man One. <laughs> yes. uh, you can't you can't fire me. I founded this company. <laughs> yes. No. I mean, he and, and and to think about it, like that was only two years ago. That was that was well, was it twenty twenty one? Was it twenty twenty three? Yeah, two years ago, twenty twenty one. He was still playing at that level, but we all thought at the time, wow, this is a miracle that Chris Paul is still on the floor. He's so old. How is he doing this? I don't think another miracle's coming for Chris Paul. I don't think he can be that. He can he can't be depended on like that. But yeah. I think 100% as a backup or even like a a starter who has a backup that's like just as good as him, you know, we've we've seen those kind of combos before. Kyle Lowry-esque role. Exactly. So like a guy, yeah, like in 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 that in that way where he can pick his spots and he's not relied on at all. Like he's not if he's not out there, you're not shocked. It's just he's kind of like the cherry on top when he's able to be there. I think he can really be helpful in that spot and help push a team over, you know, the over the edge if they're close to contending. Like Chris Paul on the Celtics, if you switch out one of their guards for Chris Paul, I think he would be huge for them. Like if he's mm-hmm. able to, you know, don't even fucking touch him in the regular season, but when the playoffs come around, if he's healthy enough to get out there, you know, run the pick and roll, you know, settle things down, all the things he's good at. Um, I still think he's he's useful and I think he's still hungry to get that ring. I don't think, you know, I think people, you know, maybe He's been traded so much recently. People think he might hang it up. You know, who knows? 
but I think he's going to he's going to find a way to get to a contending team and I think he's going to yeah. kind of like LeBron I think he's just going to keep going um until he until he literally physically can't anymore cuz I think he 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 really wants that ring um and I yeah. I do genuinely think he can help someone get there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think he's got enough to give, but yeah, I don't know if he's going to be a, a starting point guard no. getting, you know, heavy touches on a, a championship contender. No. Uh but definitely uh, you know, take a take a step backwards and uh who knows, maybe you can get that ring Chris Paul. Uh, be, it would be nice to Come see on, Chris. to uh to finish up the podcast last last thing to talk about uh Boy, oh boy! The hammer was struck at the downeth uponeth, Jawneth Morant. Jawneth. Jaw, 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 jaw. I mean, oh, jaw, 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 it's jaw. crazy because he was just playing. He was just playing with a, a fake lighter gun, Adam. It was yeah, just come a fake on, Adam, gun, you Adam. big he's, nerd. He's out to. He's out to get him. He's out to get him, man. That's what everyone's saying. And the media the streets, but legitimately, uh, John Morant suspended twenty-five games uh, to start the NBA season this year, uh, and. This is a pretty big uh, penalty uh, being levied down. Uh, you know, that's a quarter of the season, essentially, a little bit more. Uh, yeah. You know, Jordan, when we're looking at this, you think it's a little too harsh, or do you think the punishment fits the crime? I wasn't surprised. To show the nine, you're going <laughs> to serve some time. Like, I was hearing people say, like, you know, 41 games, half the season. That People were saying the whole year. And people were saying the whole year, yeah fucking nerds like I, I i'm not a, i'm not a fucking gun guy but like relax you didn't shoot someone i know i know i think for me thinking about it and i maybe i realized this after it was already handed down the 25 i think the most fair for me would be like 20 games like i think yeah 25 i'm not outraged at 25 like i just the nba does have a job like it People are always like, calling back to the, you know, the things that went on in the 80s, you know, like uh, there, there, there was 100 John Morants. Like if, if they handed down suspensions like this, you know, no one would have played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the NBA is different now. And so with social media and the, the reach that a player has, like it's so much more impactful. Like, f- for instance, if it was just like the, all the news stories, you know, I know fucking, you know, Steven Jackson apparently shot a gun outside of a club one time, like all this stuff. None of this is on film. It's just a news story, and then mm. it kind of goes away. And, yeah, John Morant didn't do anything crazy with the gun, but, like, it's there, it's it's out, it's documented for everyone to see. And if you're the NBA, I get that you need to say, especially to a guy who you just warned about this, and, and, and also the fact that he's the guy who you, you've put stock into being, like, the face. Hey there, everybody. It's the big dog, Matt Eichhorn. Uh, so, some technical issues. Uh, unfortunately, at the tail end of this uh, this podcast, uh, our NBA draft preview show at the at the very end, uh, while we were discussing John Morant's uh, recent legal troubles as well as uh, the twenty five game suspension brought down, uh, we started getting into a, a a great topic on you know domestic abuse uh, within the NBA and uh, the NBA's kind of lack of impact and uh, the the way they bring the hammer down on John Morant just doesn't seem uh, you know equal to uh, people who are doing uh, arguably, uh, really not really arguably, uh, far worse things uh, off the court than the way he's doing and that they get to slap on the wrist. But uh, unfortunately, that uh, that was uh, all cut out as Jordan's audio was kind of vanished from thin air. Uh, this was a third-party issue. We're not really sure what could happen. So uh, we're, we're going to hope that uh, we can make some uh, some contact here with our, our, our third-party uh, software for recording and uh, get this all fixed up because, uh, that yeah, it's, uh, it's bullshit for you guys, bullshit for us. But we'll be back on Friday recapping the NBA draft, so stay tuned for that one uh, as well as all the moves and uh, surprise picks that are going to go down during that night uh, as well as Christoph Porzingis, a new Boston Celtic, uh, Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies. Uh, a lot to uh, break down there on Friday. Friday, so be sure 
to go check us out on Friday. This has been Big Dog Ball Talk, Matt Eichhorn, without Jordan Flegel. And as my good friend Jordan always said, he made fun of the people in the subway. I think they're dead. <laughs>